Football Made Simple. Become great at your craft by finding ways to make it simple for those around you. This is the Coaching 101 Podcast, hosted by Findaway Productions. With your co-host, Daniel Chamberlain and Kenny Simpson. What's up, coaches? This is the Coaching 101 Podcast. I'm Daniel Chamberlain. Uh, co-host him here with Coach Kenny Simpson. Coach Simpson, how is Arkansas? Super hot. Super, super hot and rainy. I don't know if y'all been getting the rain in Oklahoma. We got like seven inches of rain the other day. And and now you've got, I guess it's the humidity of all summer has been combined. So it's like walking out of the shower whenever you open the door and go outside. Yeah, all at the exact same time. You're right. Um, it is the 13th of August as we record this. So you're going to hear it about three weeks late. Probably if you're listening to the podcast, if you're watching live, hi guys, welcome. Um, but we have gotten so much rain. I feel like in the last five days or seven days in Northeast Oklahoma, I'm a, a deer hunter and I'm trying to do food plots for the first time ever. And in July, when I left for my two weeks to go play army at summer camp, it was so dry. I couldn't plant my seed cause it would just rot or, or the birds would eat it. And now since I've gotten home, I've not had a free moment to go put anything on the dirt and it's so wet out there that like I'm afraid it's gonna rot before it ha- before it can germinate. So um Okay, side note here because I'm obviously not a hunter. I bet guys could probably have figured that out, even though I live in Arkansas. But isn't it kind of cheating if you feed the animals to draw them to your land and then go out there and shoot them? You know, there are states that ban it. <clears throat> um Oklahoma's not one. You can feed corn and all that. I think food plots is like the most natural way. I'm not putting whole kernel corn in a feeder. I do that too. But, um, and then hunting on top of that corn to kill them, I'm just putting out better grazing material to give them and food I'm, I'm for the eat meat. I'm not opposed to hunting. I would go shoot whatever you want. I just feel as though, like, the sport of it, when you watch the thing come up and you're like, oh, wait till tomorrow when it's legal, I'm about to light you up. You well, know, I feel I, like i tell you what's really funny is that all these years that I've been hunting with corn, and like I said, it's my first year to try to food plot, uh, it's still not a lot of success there. It's still, um, it, you may see nothing. Uh, the one thing it does is I let a lot of smaller deer walk because I know on camera I've seen, you know, the big three or four I want to hunt. And so a lot of deer get to grow up now because I'm not worried about what is or isn't in the woods with me, so... It's funny, we're in the middle of August talking about hunting. That's you know, a couple of months and we'll be for real, kind of get back to it with you. But this Absolutely. is a part of the year where I think every coach, all of us right now are going into probably either scrimmage week, first game week. So you have a lot of these, no matter how good you think your team might be, until you actually tee it up against someone else, no one really knows. No one really knows until you actually kick the ball off against an opponent, then you can kind of get a more accurate assessment of where you are, make adjustments and see where it goes. So you've got a lot of people right now that I think every coach right now is probably a little bit nervous, you know, trying to figure out where are we going to be? What adjustments do we need to make? If they're like me, they're thinking of all of the possible scenarios. What if this guy gets hurt? What if that guy's not here? What if we got to do this? What if we got to do that? And so and half of those things you think of, you never have to use, but the one you don't think of, is going to come back to bite you. Yep. So it's always good to be prepared. 
I know we're in uh, – we'll bring our guest in real quick, and then we'll talk about install week. Uh, tonight we're joined by Coach Tyrell Shelley. Um, Tyrell is what, – what year are you going on now, Coach? Why don't you just go ahead and introduce yourself and, and talk, talk to us about what you do with football. Hey, uh, Coach Ty Shelley, Stillwell High School in Stillwell, Oklahoma, a little northeast Oklahoma town. Uh, got picked up last year, actually got the opportunity. I'm a retired firefighter paramedic and uh, just kind of continued to want to give back a little bit and find my peace and uh, was lucky enough to get uh, a slot as a, uh, as a volunteer coach and kind of got put inside linebackers. And it's kind of, you know, I've kind of been molded and trying to learn the X's and O's a little bit more. I, I had no clue that it was going to be uh, a lot tougher than I thought. You know, I thought, heck, it's football. You just block here, block there. It's odds and evens. And, uh, man, it's uh, it's a chess game. And I've been playing checkers my whole life. So this year I'm uh, year two with inside linebackers. And uh, sounds like I'm going to pick up a little offensive stuff and coach the S-backs for us. So Awesome, man. That's great. Uh, you know, uh, I reached out to Tyrell to come on this episode because what we're talking about tonight is is beyond the game. We're, we're going to talk about how we're influencing lives as coaches. Um, once it could be in season, but basically, you know, you kind of generally think about like when they go home to their home life off the gridiron in the spring when all the coaches have forgotten that they had those football players or once those guys have graduated. Um, so that's really what we want to focus on tonight. And Tyrell, is, he's got a little – um, farming operation out there in Stillwell, and I know a bunch of the kids get to go work for him and, and make a little extra money in the in the summertime. And it unfortunately comes from a part of the world that uh, doesn't have a lot going for people. Um, Adair County, I believe, is the second poorest county in Oklahoma, and Stillwell sits right in the middle of it. And it's it's a struggle for those kids to do anything that isn't. I mean, realistically, drugs, <laughs> drugs and alcohol is kind of all there is, unfortunately. So uh, I was always super. I thought it was super cool that, that Coach Shelley gave back to those kids and gave them a place, a safe place to go and and work and, and learn a little bit and learn about farming and tractors and all that good stuff. So I thought he'd make a great addition to this episode and, and overall what we're trying to sell here on the podcast, which is just how to be a well-rounded coach. So, Coach, man, I, I definitely appreciate you joining us tonight. I was going to say, too, I, I, you know, Coach Shelley, I, I think it's cool the guys that have lived a real job. You know, we have a lot of guys that come into this profession, you coach your whole life. I'm one of those guys. And so there are times I get so frustrated about things, you know, that just are because I've never really lived like what I call a real job, like where you go out and you're in the army or you go out and you're working with people that have huge needs. And I don't mean to diminish guys that might be listening to this that have been coaches their whole life. Of course, you're doing a great service. That's really cool. That being said, like I've personally tried to hire non-traditional guys i've got a former actually still a current pastor on my staff i just hired my brother who was in the army and he's 35 of his first coaching job i hired a guy out of the oil fields a while back and so and those guys always seem to be they bring something different to the staff like way different than anyone else does so i'm really glad you're on here and i'm curious to hear your perspective on all this stuff thank you for having me appreciate it uh, I was wanting to talk a little bit of install week. You were talking about, you know, you're trying to worry about everything you can stop or can't stop or what may or may not happen with injuries. That's how it is with me right now, man. We've, we're kind of thrown together a Mod Podge freshman coaching staff over at Owasso. And um, it's my first time to see what a 6A school looks like and, and how all that operates. And trying to get that installed, you know, it's that ninth grade level is a level where they were, most of them were on their dad's team you know, is fifth, sixth, seventh graders. And then eighth grade, they found they have a pretty well-organized plan there now. 
And so we get them so they've seen a little bit of real football, but it's some of that almost like eight-man run to the sidelines. You know, if I can beat you to the sidelines, I can beat you to the end zone kind of thing. So yeah. it's been pretty neat to install some some more complexity on top of them. We're still keeping it simple for the kids and for the coaches, but, you know, we also have to go – I mean, we – play Bixby, <laughs> you know, and I know y'all have seen what they're doing with varsity. Their freshman crew isn't far behind. So we have to be complex enough to stop that. So install week has been a blast. It's been a mental, mentally taxing, uh, just trying to get all that put in and, and make sure you're carrying enough, but not putting too much too early. So yeah. When those J, the junior high JV, whatever, everybody's kind of levels are different. I don't know what ninth grade is in Oklahoma for us. It's still junior high in Arkansas, but one of the old coaches used to tell me this, the worst thing for a coach is to have an undefeated junior high team. And I always kind of thought, man, I'm not so sure I agree with that. That's a lot of talent. And now that I've coached longer, I realize like the worst thing for a coach sometimes is that team that has never lost a game in the fourth, fifth, sixth, ninth grade, whatever. And they get to you and all of a sudden the world opens up. It's not that you're a worse coach. They're playing much better opponents yeah. and how they handle that. So, like, you in the ninth grade, I'm curious to – you'll get this. I'm sure you you may have come, come from multiple places with those kids who maybe have always been the guy and welcome to where everyone's the guy. And I kind of look at it as fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh grade, you can win with one kid. Get to eighth and ninth grade, you can probably win about three or four kids. you got to have 11 to win when you're playing varsity. And it's such a different game. Well, Coach, before we get going, why don't you um, share some ways that other coaches can make things simple for their staff and their players? Sure. Uh, Coaching 101 Podcast is sponsored by Findaway Productions. Findaway Productions also sponsors fbcoachsimpson.com, which houses over 30 books, all things offense, defense, special teams, a lot of the stuff we're going to talk about tonight that I think is more important than football is multiple team theme books over there. You can go get, if you really want to impact your team, at least give you some ideas there. Uh, I've got a lot of books out there where I talk about things that I did that I wish I could have done differently that might be able to help you over there as well. And then there's headsets, the magazine that's free. It's all over at fbcoachsimpson.com. We're putting out tomorrow, we're getting our brand new coach's stencil. So if you're over the age of 40, like me, you remember they gave those things out at the clinics where you had to draw your circles right. We just got our first one sponsored by Findaway. I'm so excited because I can't, I couldn't buy one. So I just looked up, order from China, and my wife designed them. They're going to be here tomorrow. So that would be over at fbcoachsimpson.com. Or you can go over to offensivecoordinatoracademy.com or DefensiveCoordinatorAcademy.com. If you want to get more specific on that side of the ball, full academy, one-off courses, uh, materials, books, uh, one-off different uh, play call sheets. You know, if you need something offense, go to OffensiveCoordinatorAcademy.com. If you need something defense, DefensiveCoordinatorAcademy.com. Hopefully it'll have something that can help you. Awesome. Awesome. My obligatory plug here of Adaptable PT. It's our little clinic up in Grove, Oklahoma. By the way, it has started taking off, and it has been, I mean, we've absolutely been blessed this about last three weeks or so. We're finally starting to see the, it got to the point where we're like, ah, do we got to pull the plug? Do we got to go back to work at real job? What's going on here? But things are finally turning around, so I have no doubt it has to do with the podcast and kind of just getting to talk it up once a week. But if you guys are using us, we definitely appreciate it. Um, what you get there at Adaptable PT is PT 2.0. Um, that's something my wife has really bought into. It's Dr. Samantha Chamberlain. She's the one that does all the work there. 
I'm the supposed to be behind the scenes billing guy and then football season is started. So she is going to do it all now, I suppose. Uh, but it's definitely one-on-one care with a licensed provider, which would be her or a PTA when we get them hired. Very fitness forward approach. Um, you're going to be under a squat bar probably if you're rehabbing anything with your legs. Uh, she's going to make you work. Your rehab should be more work than your everyday life. Otherwise, you're not why I come to therapy. So um, you can reach out anytime to her at adaptablept at gmail.com or go to at adaptablept on Twitter. You can DM or just follow along or whatever. Um, and you can probably look her up on there too. The last one here is Athletic Speed and Movement over at athleticspeedmovement.com. That's where uh, Joe and I are taking Dell's 40, uh, Dell Basket. He's a, a speed coach out of California for 45 years. He's been doing that. He's worked. He was the original NFL speed trainer. There was not anyone else out doing it when he started. Um, so we're kind of taking what he's been doing for 45 years and putting it in a package that you can buy online and teach your kids. It's very, very simple. It's a 12-week program. Um, and it's it's not just – a lot of people are buying into these track programs. You know, we've we've had – uh, another speed guy on here, right? And and his program is great. What we're doing is trying to reach into that football movement. It's more than the speed. It's the quick quick movement uh, once you get behind, you know, between the defense or defensively when you're between a bunch of blockers, I guess. Anyway, it fits really great into a warm-up routine if that's what you want to use it for. Um, head over to athleticspeedmovement.com and you can sign up there today. There we go. That deal is done. So we will move into our questions. Uh, Coach Simpson, we'll let you answer first here, and then and Ty, you can go right after him. So um, when we talk about beyond the game, what does that mean to you, Coach Simpson? Uh, that's a big statement. It's also a statement I think that some coaches use, and they don't really – it's not that they maybe don't mean it, but they don't really mean it. Like beyond the game is going to make coaching not a – it's not a hobby. It's not a thing you do for wins and losses. It's who you are. And it's, you know, I, I don't want to compare being a Christian to being a coach, but I've heard this statement said before, and I kind of think it would resonate here. Like when someone says, are you a Christian? You know, you, you can't put that in a box. Like you are, you just are that. That's who you are. And I think the same can be said for being a coach when you really are wanting to impact people just in whatever it is. It's not something that you do at one time and then you turn it off and then you turn it back on and you turn it off. It's who you are. It defines who you are. Like people, when I walk around town, they just call me coach. It's weird not to be called that. And so it's not something that turns off. So you got to think about like, who do you impact as a coach? Well, the most obvious one is is the players. You can impact players because you're around them every day. You can impact players uh, through the way you discipline them, through the way you love on them, uh, through the way you uh, make them better people. I've heard this said, and I've said it at a couple of my clinics, you know, the definition of the word coach used to mean like a, a means of transportation. It would take you from a, a place you are to a place you want to go. And that's what a coach should be doing to everything he comes in contact with, help make them better. You know, and so players are one thing. You can also impact parents. I think at my age, I'm starting to see that more because I have teenagers, you know, when you have teenagers, you realize that you're dumb. Like once they hit like 13, they think you don't know anything. And so having adults and coaches in my own children's life has been very important to me because you know, they're going to listen to those people and they're going to have a huge impact on my kids, sometimes more than I'm able to have because of the different voice. And so, as a, you know, you as a coach have the ability to help parents 
and really impact them on what you can do for the most precious gift they have. That's their kid. You know, they're trusting you with what's most important in life for them. And so you can have a huge impact on your parents. I know there's times where coaches and parents, you kind of get this, you know, your head button and, and kind of colliding, but there's also opportunities um, to connect with some of them. You can also connect with coaches. You know, I, I think a head coach especially has the ability potentially to work with uh, coaches and to connect with them, their assistants and all of that. you got community members. So you have the ability as a coach to impact more than just even the people that are in your school, but the people around the community that want to be associated with what you're trying to do, that want to be a big part of um, your school and, and be a big part of your football program. You can impact those people. So there's a huge network. So first you got to define, okay, that's, that's my audience and people that I could impact. Then you figure out the impact that the, the football team can have on the school. You know, a good football team or football team that's successful is trying to do things the right way. That's got their kids relatively in order and behaving well is going to impact the whole school, everything. Uh, if you have a, a team that's not successful or they're running wild and going everywhere, then they're going to have the same impact on the school. It's just going to go the other direction. And so uh, that's a huge impact. That's why when a fight breaks out in the library or wherever, you never hear them come over the intercom and say, hey, we need the science department to come break this up. Now they say we need the coaches because the coaches are the ones that can walk in there and, and, and take care of issues. And to me, with great you know, privilege sometimes comes great responsibility. Um, so you got to be careful with how you use that. And the last thing I'll hit, and I'll pass it over to Coach. I'm sure he's got some good stuff too. Is really how are you going to do this? Because anybody can talk about we want to impact people and we want to do different things. But what's your plan? Like, do you have a plan of how you're going to do this? I'm not a huge guy on just programs. I think it's good to have like an organized system of what you're trying to do, but. I think relationships are the number one thing. So what are you doing to strengthen relationships? You know, and, and as an older coach, I've learned that sometimes I have to work through my assistant coaches to get to the players because I'm not the guy they really want to come sit down and share their secrets with anymore. That's not me. That's my 23-year-old assistant coach. That's my 27-year-old defensive coordinator. That's my – those guys are – so I've got to figure out a way to work through them to get my message to where it needs to go. And so we do a couple things. This is not an advertisement. If you need one, I'll send it to you for free. But I've started producing those team themes books. We started that about three years ago, where basically we would pick a theme of the week. I would assign it to a coach. That coach would be responsible for making sure it needed to get done. Um, they would then kind of go Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, talking about that theme. Usually they're words that talk about character traits. And so the coach would either show a video or do some quotes. So because I knew the coaches don't have time for that, if you're listening to this now, we put it all in a book. So you can just pick it up and you're ready to roll. But we've done that every year the last three years. And, and I, I think a lot of our kids that have graduated have told us that that's the one thing that they kind of remember is that, you know, we were trying, at least trying to get our, to get some kind of lesson to them on more than just the game of football. All right, and I'll be quiet. Pass it on to you, Ty. <laughs> uh, 
Well, I think, I mean, I think just adding on to a lot of what you said, coach, there's not a whole lot left to be said on, on a lot of that. I mean, I agree with, with all of it. Um, I feel like when you said that the, you know, the price of greatness is responsibility. I think we push these kids to win and we push them to win. And, and that's the game portion of it. That's what we want to see. And uh, I think Daniel hit on it earlier is a lot of these places don't have any father figures at home. So when things go bad after the game or if they have a rough night, because we get these kids a couple hours a day, you know, we see them, you know, for football games on Friday, we see them for practice. They've got a whole lot going on in this part of the world down here and they may not have a dad to go to. And, and I mean, you know, it's to me, it's up to us to build a trust in them that if they have nobody else to go to, they can come back to us coaches. I mean, that's definitely beyond the game. I mean, we want to be there for them, not only on the field, but off the field, at home, I mean, my phone rings as it is now. I mean, not patting myself on the back, but there's a lot of these coaches in the system that I've been with the last couple of years and currently that, man, we pick up the phone 24-7 for these boys. And we want to be there. We want to be those guys. And I really feel like, uh, you know, God's kind of put us – you were talking about being a Christian. I feel like God's kind of put us in a spot to be here for these these gentlemen and and, and their families too, you know. I mean, sometimes, uh, you know, we know some of these football players might not be the – the best students or the best kids and, and moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas and aunts and uncles or whoever might be raising them uh, might need somebody to go to to help them kind of get a little grasp on control. Like you said, they don't call the science teachers to help them with that. They call the football coaches. That's right. I kind of go on that. You know, we're in the same kind of area here where we've got different issues. Uh, one thing that we started, I started doing this past year. I don't know why it just kind of started happening last year is at the end of every practice, call the kids together. We talk about what we're going to talk about. And I try to tell them, hey, I love you and I'm proud of you. And it's something that a lot of them, somebody told me that in one of my clinics. I think I was doing clinics last year, maybe two years ago. And they told me, you know, that these kids don't hear that. And so I said, okay, I'm going to get to the point where I'm going to do it every day. And sometimes it's, I'm sure I'm going to an eye roll or whatever, and we'll call it up and we'll go. I think that some of them, it's starting to kind of hit home with that, you know, we are proud of what you're doing, that it, you know, we recognize we're pushing you. But we also recognize that you're making strides because like you mentioned, some of these kids, you know, fair is not or what is it? Equal is not fair. Fair is not always equal. You know, my son has two parents. We're both here. We're both pushing him. I would say he's probably middle income. So he's got what he needs. And then we're dealing with kids with zero parents yes, and, and zero income. And yeah, they're going to be held to a standard. But is it fair to hold them to the same standard? he's held to. And so trying to have those conversations, that's the real world. You know, a lot of football coaches, it's just easy to kick them off because they're not, not your problem anymore. But are you really going to invest? And I'm not talking about the five-star athlete. I'm talking about the kid whose parents never show up to pick him up. He's your backup tackle on JV. You know, you know who that kid is if you're listening to this on a podcast. Yeah, You can invest in that kid when it's super annoying because you drop them off and there are people there that could have picked them up, but they're not willing to. And so those are those kind of, you want to talk about you're going to be, if you're really in this for the right reason, that's what challenges you. Yes, sir. So yes, sir, first yeah. of all, I want to apologize that I'm <laughs> having to be in and out you of the picture. The, you yeah. guys that are, uh, that are listening, you don't know I'm missing, but the other are watching. Uh, I am solo dad in it and uh, my, my two-year-old's in bed, but my five-year-old is knocking on the door to tell me every detail of his movie. So uh, that's great. Um, Coach, I, I really love what you said about it's not, it's not um, what you do, right? Coaching is who you are. So I think you can't turn it on and off, right? You, you have to do it all the time. Um, what I think beyond the game and what it kind of means to me is that 
taking my extra time, if I have any, and, and sometimes making extra time to better for the betterment of their lives, whatever that means. Um, for some coaches, that's just as simple as helping them get recruited to the next level, helping them understand what grades they need to have or uh, what classes they have to take, right? Like I've, I've always taken on myself to like the liaison for, for college stuff because for the most part, I understand that stuff. And uh, I don't know, my, my wife was a, she helped people plan their classes or whatever their schedule. So we just kind of have an understanding of what's going on there. Um, sometimes it is life advice, right? It's how to get off drugs or alcohol. Unfortunately, we've had to have that talk with kids. Um, it's girl problems. It's, it's everything, right? It, uh, the kid comes to you distraught because his girlfriend's breaking up with him or, or whatever. And you got to be able to have that conversation. So it really is, you know, Tyrell, you said something about it, like being the father figure. And that's, that is exactly what it, sometimes you're being the other dad. And unfortunately, sometimes the only dad. So whatever that means it's it's little conversations at lunch it's giving them a place to go to to feel comfortable about having conversations um that maybe aren't super comfortable to have with other people um it, sometimes it's bringing them into your home and giving them a bed to sleep in for a little while um one of the biggest things we ever did was just took soap and and uh toothpaste and and toothbrush and stuff to school and allowed and, and some clothes and did laundry for a kid so he could just feel normal at school every day he just showed up early and took a shower and and did his personal care there at the school in the, in the locker room so that's not an option he had at home so it's any of those things it's just taking your personal time and for the betterment of someone else and, and just sacrificing that um so the second question here why do we as coaches need to worry more about wins and losses is there a, like i want to know kind of is there a tie to the wins and losses and how much of that aid you can give to other kids so the question may even not be stated right here. Do the wins and losses still matter as much as this stuff? Is there any correlation between them? Who's first, you and me or you want Ty? Uh, go ahead, Coach Simpson. Okay. Uh, well, first of all, the longer you've been around, guys, you'll, you'll realize this, like the thrill of the win gets less and less and the sting of, of losses gets more and more. So I, I hate to break that to you young coaches that might be the first time you're hearing that, but um, – like winning big games is awesome and there's an adrenaline rush, but at some point you almost become numb to the wins and you feel the sting of losses more. So I mean to say that is if you're chasing wins and losses, you're always going to be a loser because the, the highs are never going to be as, as much as the lows if that's how you're defining what you're trying to do. So just kind of know that up front. Second thing is you can't win them all. Like there's no way – you can win every game. No one has ever won every single football game they've coached in the history of mankind that I'm aware of. And there might be some guy that went 10-0 and 0 one year and then retired. But pretty much, you're not going to win them all. And so putting all that all that pressure to win and lose games, and, and I'm not trying to negate that uh, because point number two for me is this. You're going to get fired at some point anyway if you're at a place that's all they're caring about is winning and losing. Like, I mean, you look at in the NFL and very few guys have coached their entire career and left on their own terms when they wanted to at the same team. And those are the best of the best. Same thing at the collegiate level. You know, maybe Nick Saban possibly, but the minute he loses three games, they're going to think he should get fired at Alabama. And so understand, like, if you're putting everything into winning and losing, then you're really missing out on the big picture. Because the ultimate thing, especially like the high school level, 
is yeah, I understand that winning is big and you can, and we all want to fight to do it. But in six months, six months after the season, those kids aren't going to remember that. Like they're, yeah, they have a trophy. We've got trophies in our field house and banners we hang up and it's cool to reminisce about that stuff. But what our kids talk about when they leave our program is the mother son date night we had. And they talk about team themes that we had, and they talk about the relationships with their friends that they had and good or bad. They talk about the relationship with their coaches, uh, whatever that is. It's not always good. Unfortunately, that's kind of what they remember. And as a coach, ultimately, we everyone says this, but again, you really have to kind of test yourself through this. Uh, if you are completely basing everything on wins and losses, you're going to use people for what they can do for you. Like instead of looking at a player as somebody who you're trying to help, you're looking at them only in ways they can help you. So if you want to test if you're there or not, like if you are a guy that's basing everything on win losses or relationship-based, look at how you treat your players. Do you treat them all like you're a servant trying to help them and you're trying to help them all get better? Or do you treat them different based on what they can do for you? And ask yourself that question. You don't have to answer it out loud where you're not on the podcast, but it, I'll, I'll be honest. There were times I couldn't answer that question the way I wish I could have answered that question. There were a lot of times that I liked players because they could help me win. And so whatever I could do to make sure they were with me was good. And if they couldn't help me win, I wasn't going to be ugly to them, but I wasn't going to treat them necessarily the same. And that's what you have to ask yourself is if you really want to know how, what your real intentions are, that's the question to ask. So coach, I'll be quiet. Let's you go Ty. Well, I think it's, I mean, I agree again. I mean, coach, didn't bring me on here to argue with you. Like I said, I absolutely agree with what you're saying. Um, you know, they'll say about how do you eat an elephant? It's like one butt at a time. And, you know, you take these kids and you say, okay, winning's great. And, you know, you said earlier, you know, having a, a nine and O freshman team is always kind of a bad thing. Cause these kids, all they ever know is, Hey, we're the greatest, we're the best, you know, nobody can beat us. And they step up to their first high school game and they're playing some juggernaut team that just throttles them and they quit. You know, they don't know how to handle that. They don't know what it's like to get knocked down and then get right back up. And as coaches for us, you know, I feel like that's, that's something we got to do is help teach them, you know, it's okay to get knocked down and get back up. It's okay to do those things. Um, you know, I feel like, you know, the best part, the best things we can do a lot of times is, is kind of, you said, check yourself a little bit. And I think, you know, we have to see what the potential is inside us before we can ask a lot of things within these kids. And, um, you know, the winning side of it is going to come if they're, if it's happening, but the losing side is what you have to help them overcome in life. And again, that kind of goes back into the beyond the game side of it is how are we there for them whenever they get knocked down? How do we show them that it's okay to get knocked down and get back up? You know, the old saying about everybody's got a plan until you get hit in the face. Well, you know, that's where we come in and help them kids understand that you can hit back and keep moving forward. Just one step at a time, take one body at a time and just keep moving forward. There's a whole lot more out there. We just got to get past it. Um, the, the wins and losses, man, I, I know that I've said it on this podcast before about, and, and I don't have one. And so maybe when I, if I ever get to win my first state trophy, I'll feel a little different about this, but I truly feel like those things sit in a trophy shelf and get old. You know what I mean? And it doesn't, not that the, the, the joy of that sometime will go away. Look at that. Look at they, you. You know where these are? They sit in my oh, office. God. And the last <laughs> time I put one of these things on was probably about two years ago. Yeah. 
But I bet you could tell me, you know, several names of kids you've helped through whatever their dilemma was that week or that year. Um, I think there is a balance. There has to be a balance. You can't just come in and be a social worker as a coach either because with every win and every winning season and playoff victories and, and eventually a ring, it brings you more resources to help more kids, right? Um, if you come in and, and you're sub 500 ball all the time, you're not going to be there long enough to be a, a staple in their life anyway. So, I mean, there is there has to be some balance. You have to go out and do your best as a coach. Uh, just understand that it, it doesn't – when when you have that into practice on the schedule, that doesn't, you don't get to quit then. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't, I'll make sure we do the little caveat here. We are talking about what's more important, but like you are paid professionally to help these kids be the best version of themselves and to win games. And so I, I don't think it's a lot of coaches get upset. Well, like they fired me. I, of course, if you lose, they're going to fire you. I mean, just kind of know that's part of the job. So we're, I'm not here advocating that if you're a great person and go, zero and 10 for three years, <laughs> You should retain your employment. No, you need to figure out why you went 0 and 10. You know, yeah. I've been there. Like I have been 0 and 10. And those kids were some of my favorite kids. They were not super talented. And I wasn't the best coach. That was a perfect storm of not good. Okay. But what it did was the kids and me had to reflect, make adjustments. Like Coach Ty said, move forward. That group ended up being eight and four when they were seniors, first time making the playoffs. So those lessons that you learn as a coach and as players do lead you forward. But and, and you mentioned it, I'd hate to send a kid out into life who had never lost a football game his entire life or, or have experienced failure. Because what happens the first time he loses his job or something else happens in his life that I tell these kids already, I said, like, it sucks right now in high school, but man, it really sucks once you graduate high school because those losses are different <laughs> and they sting a lot worse. And so just make sure we're preparing them uh, for that. Yeah, definitely. Um, I had somewhere else I was going to go with it and I'm drawing a blank. So there's the, there's the joy of recording live. You're welcome, Facebook. You get to see how this thing works. But yeah, that just the, the victories that eventually will burn out. But the kids, man, they they will remember that forever. And they're going to come back and tell other people and, and the jewel will spread. I remember what I was going to say now. the uh, A lot of the winning, the wins and losses comes from your ability to teach the game. And it, it's, it comes back to leadership, right? And I mean, if you look at life, it kind of is the same way. It's just a game. You just got to know how to beat that next obstacle that's in your way. Um, for some people it's, it's financial, some people it's socials, you know, there's, there's a ton of things that people's obstacles are, but it's just taking that little piece. Think about it like a drill in football, right? I need to take a piece of the game and practice how to beat it over and over again. So that way, when I face it in the game, it's done deal, right? I've, I've already seen this that many times. And so it's kind of the same thing. It's showing these kids, you know, there can be these hardships. You're going to go through things that suck. You're going to be physically and mentally tired, um, life can beat you down. You can feel like you have no chance to come back whatsoever, but you got to stick in there, right? There's always going to be a, a way to make that happen. There's a way out. Uh, football, sometimes we run out of time, right? You only get 60 minutes to, and, or less, I guess, um, to, to go out and, and solve that problem and do it enough times that you get to make the comeback. But that's not life, right? So we get to teach them, like, you don't have to have an answer right now. Like, just that resiliency and sticking with it. But that comes back on you as a coach. If you can coach winning football, I feel like a lot of times you can you can take those same leadership skills and those same abilities to plan and coach winning life to those same kids. 
Um, so maybe, I mean, I just, I feel like there's a pretty good correlation there. All right, last question here. Um, how can we extend our influence beyond the game? Uh, go ahead, Coach Simpson. Um, I just put two different things down here, and I'm hoping Coach Ty has got some other ones he might be able to share. But so we do um, a lot of events with the kids that are not football related, and and some years more than others. So I'll just give you kind of a rundown of the last couple of years. And some some of these events we do every year, some we do every other year, some we kind of mix and match. But you know, we do a Mother's Sunday now. We just got done with that, so it's kind of fresh in my mind. Where we talk about the importance of moms, and we try to teach them how to treat ladies, you know, how to dress up for them and go serve them and talk a little bit about that kind of stuff. And uh, we've been a father and son retreat where we've brought them in. We've talked about the importance of that relationship. Um, and then a lot of them that don't have a father, we've talked about how that needs to look for them because one day they will be, you know, a father. Uh, we've got some that don't have mothers, so we they'll be with someone else, and we'll talk about when that time comes. But those are those, Coach Ty mentioned, those uncomfortable conversations no one really wants to have with kids. No, those are awkward. I feel awkward. I don't know. I don't really know the right answer on a lot of these things. But if no one talks to them, they never learn. And so we try to do a lot of those types of events. We took them this year to St. Louis to do a team camp, stayed overnight. I promise you my coaches weren't thrilled of sleeping in a gym with our football kids. But those are the events those kids are going to remember. Those are those teachable lessons. Okay, but I know, Daniel, you have some young children. I can remember when my kids were young, then walk, watching me have a kid that I have to go walk over. You're having to get off the podcast and go check on them, where I had to walk over and spank them on the sideline and then come back to coach. Those are teachable moments and teachable lessons. And most of those happen outside of football, like outside of football. They're with you because they want to be with you to play football, but you have a chance to impact kids more than anyone else in the school. And I'm not trying to negate teachers, but what kid says sweet math class? Like <laughs> nobody does. I'm like, maybe there's two kids and I don't mean to be mean to the math teachers. Like I'm saying your job is really hard. You got to get kids in there and motivate them to like math and then try to teach them. You have a captive audience as a coach. These kids want to be with you. They want to, they thirst for what you can provide for them. So you have the chance to have the biggest impact on these kids. Don't just let it be two hours of football practice and send them home. You know, find Whatever it is, find time. Like I mentioned, those books we do, we do five minutes a day. We're starting that next week. Team themes, we do a theme each week, five minutes, because you have the five minutes a day, and maybe it'll impact one kid, maybe. And you have the chance to impact them on those types of things, okay? Um, and then the last thing I'd say on here is try to stay involved with your kids after they graduate. If you want, really want to know what impact you're having, come back in 10 years because you don't really know. Like I've got sitting on my desk right here. This is one of our kids. He's been through the O and 10. And then he was, I hope he's okay with me showing this. Surely he will be. But uh, he was part of the eight and four season. This is his wedding invitation. Okay. That I just got sitting. Now he's getting married in the fall. So I didn't teach him that lesson, but <laughs> he is getting married. You know, this is a kid that I watched mature tremendously through our time. Had some issues after he graduated, matured after that, and now he's getting his life moving the right direction. 
And we all have those stories the longer you coach. Do you want to find out your impact? That's your impact. Like 10 years from now, what are these kids remembering? And I want to give one little caveat. I'll mention over Coach Ty. Be careful the words you use because there's a lot of kids that come back and they tell stories about things that I said. Most of them are pretty good, but there's some of them that I'm like, man, I don't even remember like getting on a kid like that. Like I don't even, I don't even remember that. But that kid, and he's, they might be telling it in a good way, but you're like, I can't believe I said that to a kid. You know, and there's times that be careful because your words have a lot more weight than you probably think they do, good or bad. So just be very, be very careful. There's a lot of things I wish I could rewind and go back and not do, but you don't get that opportunity often. Um, that's just that's how life works. Yeah, they'll they'll they seem to always remember how you make them feel. I mean, no matter what happens in life, they're always going to remember that. And as far as carrying the influence home, I kind of have a unique deal. I have a senior that plays football for the high school, and I now have a freshman who plays football for the high school. So. We have a vast amount of kids that come over to the house that are always there. I'm, I'm, my cell phone rings with them kids. We're picking them up, dropping them off. And and so it's, you know, 24, you know, let's call it 25, eight, you know, I mean, eight days a week and 25 hours a day. We're doing something with those kids. Um, as far as our program, we did some unique things this year. We started them last year. And then with a new coach and a new change, we try and feed the kids, you know, uh, the demographics around here, kind of as Daniel said earlier, is not necessarily always the best. We don't have the ability to to run out and do a few things. So, you know, a bunch of our moms were blessed to have a really good mom core, um, a really good, uh, you know, mom core that takes care of our kids. So they fed the kids every night after summer practice, you know, I mean, they, they cooked a meal and they provided them, they sent them food, they sent fruit, they did some things like that. We got a moms, we got a moms and players thing coming up. We do a dads with decals deal. Um, they're, we're wanting to do a little bit of a retreat thing to kind of get some team building stuff, but we've kind of had some turnover in head coaches over the last few years. So it's kind of hard to really get a tradition started and going but everybody is trying to do something to keep it moving. Um, you know what you said about saying something to these kids, uh, you know, I, there's some of these boys from last year that played for me and played for some of these other coaches that, that I got graduation invitations. They called me coach dad. I mean, and now I have some others that do that. And so it's kind of hard because, you know, you, you get in a fight with your kid at home. Well, man, now you're coaching him in football and you have to carry that over. So honestly, it's, uh, it's actually kind of made me a little bit of a better dad in some aspects and, and maybe a little harder, a little harder coach to, to coach for, but um, it, it's, it's one of those things in life that, that you, like you said, coach, I mean, you really have to kind of be careful what you say because five or 10 years down the road, you, you know, my kid especially is going to remember what I said five minutes ago. So I know he's going to remember it 10 years down the road, but these other kids who don't live with me, they, uh, they take it to heart because they may not have that, that responsibility or that somebody at home for them. I'm a, a very, very big believer in, I kind of live by a few mantras almost, but relationships over everything is the first one. And that is, um, it doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, how you grew up. We all had different lives and, and these players do too. And so I just, I start relationships early. Um, the, the freshman kids I'm coaching right now, I've, I've met them for the first time at like seven on seven this summer. They, I've probably seen them six days their whole lives. And I've already got nicknames for them. I've already got like, they have fun. They know that I'm going to, you know, get in that tail when they screw up and I'm going to come over and say, Hey, let's talk about the good things you did. Right. The, the old, uh, coach them hard and love them harder. Right. That's kind of a, I guess quotes is the name of the game tonight, but you have to show them what discipline looks like because they need to be able to self-discipline at some point in this, in this thing called life. Um, but right now they have us to help do that. Right. But then you got to tell them at the end of the day, you know, just 
they are still a part of your life and you, it's okay. All that stuff's going to be over with, you know, and pretty quick learn the thing and we'll, we'll be okay. Um, Coach Ridley is, is my mentor, uh, Kenny Ridley from down in, in South Central Oklahoma. And we had him on the other podcast and something he talked about there was professionalism. Like always, you always have to show that professionalism. And I'm pretty guilty of, of not doing that. Um, I'll, I'll talk to a kid about whatever they want to talk about. Right. And I'll tell them my life experience, whether that was the professional way of the, to go about it or not. Here's what I did, but I need to be able to tell them where it bit me in the tail and where, where it helped me out later on in life. Right. Um, but showing them what right looks like is, is like the best way to go. I think if those kids can look up to that mentor, that role that's you're already telling them what to do for, you know, a, a majority of the fall. So if they look at you and go, well, he is telling me how these plays work and how this concept works and what I'm supposed to be like on the field. But now he's showing me that as well. And that's, that's on the field. That's in the supermarket. That's in church. That's wherever it is that you're at. You're showing them what right looks like in, in that professionalism. Um, I started practicing extreme ownership about four or five years ago. And that was a book that Jocko Willink wrote. And it just kind of changes the way you look at life, really, if, if you read it and, and understand what he's what he's really trying to say and and just follow and just make your life follow that and start tying yourself to every problem in your circle. And how could I have been the one to help solve that problem? So I started practicing that and now I've watched it kind of help some of these kids that are in need do the same thing. It's not my fault that I showed up with dirty clothes, but yes, it is, right? Why couldn't? Why couldn't I find a way to wash clothes? Why couldn't I go to a friend's house or the laundromat? Or maybe I have to ask for a little bit of money, whatever it is. There's a reason why I'm here sitting in dirty clothes. And it's not my mom's fault, although it might be. She might have put all the money that we had to do laundry in a, you know, into drugs or alcohol or gambling or whatever her thing was. It's preventing us from being able to, to have that resource at home. But you can't blame people your whole life. At some point, you got to tie it back to yourself. And go, okay, how, why didn't I fix that? Why didn't I make that happen for myself? So extreme ownership is a big one that I think is, is easy to teach. Um, it's harder to live, and they're going to learn more about how you live it than, than anything you ever say. No one's going to hear this podcast tonight, but I'm going to practice extreme ownership. No, it's going to be the guys that are around me that watch me do it, and sometimes that probably makes them mad because they don't want to do it either. Um, showing resiliency, we're all coaches. We've all thrown a fit on the sidelines. We've all probably yelled and cussed and screamed. Maybe you'd all didn't cuss from the top of the bleachers like I did, but, but, uh, showing that resiliency. Um, I, my resiliency is a little bit different. Sometimes I have to have my little yell and then I come back and just bounce back and be like, okay, let's be in the game because that's life, right? You, you're not going to be level headed all the time. It, you can't, we, we talk a lot about not too high, not too low, but that's not how the world works, man. You get low and you got to find a way to climb back out of that and, and coaching is a good way to show that to kids. Uh, and then on the field, I mean, that's – Coach Simpson, you said it yourself. It, it, you don't want a, a group that's gone undefeated. They need to have practiced resiliency at some point. Otherwise, that first time when it really matters, uh, it's it's going to be shell-shocked to them. Um, coaches are the same way, right? You gotta, you've got to tackle those obstacles and learn how to get over them um, and then to reset. And then, all right, let's just take – let's go to the next thing when things don't go your way. Last little bit here, and then we'll, we'll kind of start our close out. But say I love you. And, and Tyrell, you said it earlier, I, I believe, when we started talking. But open that door because kids don't know what they can say to adults. They have no idea. Um, 
I've seen some pretty bold kids in, in the last couple of years that as a, as a football player, I would have never said some things to my teachers, parents, coaches. I never would have. And maybe I was scared or maybe I was raised with some kind of respect. I don't know what it was, but most of them don't know what's okay. They don't know it's okay to be, you know, professionally affectionate towards their coach and say, you are someone who makes me a better person. You are someone I absolutely love spending time with. I love you, coach. They can't just come out and say that. So say it first. Open that door. Let them know I do love you. And and do it. You know, you can't just say the words. And then, um, you know, Coach Simpson, you talked about the kids that aren't doing nothing for you. And sometimes it's harder, right? Um, if he's constantly the, the problem child or the guy that's just warms the bench for four years. Like, man, you have just been eating up my drill time for four years and you've never gotten better, whatever the reason was. Um, you got to love them too, though. But you got to go out and you got to do that thing. But tell them, let them know that it's okay. Because they get held to that weird men don't show emotion standard that the world, that, that social contract, that's not even in the social contract, right? Like, you, no, man, tell them, let them know. It's okay to show emotion. It's okay. And I, they'll probably say it back because they, especially if you are that father figure, they, they, they'll be open to tell you that. Um, short little uh, story here. I, I just got back from two weeks in Washington doing OCS phase three. And I practiced all these things right there. And, and in two weeks, I think it was on day 10. So a, a soldier from another squad, they were in the platoon that I was with, but another squad. So I had very little to deal with the soldier. She came up to me on day 10 and was like, I just want to let you know that um, your mannerisms, your jokes, the way you do things, the way you handle situations, that all reminds me of my dad. And I was like, well, your dad must be a pretty cool guy. Just trying to be funny, trying to make it, you know, not awkward and, and laugh it off. Right. And she's like, well, he actually passed away a few years ago. And I'm just absolutely glad to see him and you because I needed to see that. And I was like, whoo. Right. But I had opened those doors. I'd done these things. Right. I didn't tell anybody up there. I loved them. I don't think um, 10 days yeah. is pretty quick. But all the rest of that. Right. I did. It is still relationships over everything. We had those relationships. We had the inside jokes. We had everything going on. And she felt comfortable enough to come up to me and say that. And. Uh, and I think that kind of spoke volumes to like what coaches have the ability to do, because you're not with them for 10 days. Right. You get them from realistically june or july until december if you aren't a multi-sport so anyway very long-winded how to do that um i, I even i think went longer than coach simpson that makes me happy that's a first that's a first for this podcast man <laughs> no i did have one, one more story i guess i can't get beat so no we had a one more i we had a men's breakfast so we invited all the men in our community and had the preachers i've got to give him credit for this so josh sweeney was the one that did this and he did a five minute talk and I'm gonna be shorter than him. But he said, the way you, the way you need to interact with young men is three steps. Cause he's a preacher. They got to have threes, you know? So step one is you show them the standard. Like the standard is the standard. And I think as coaches, we need to figure out what that is for us. I, I don't like putting standards that we're going to win X games and make the playoffs. Like, I think that's a good goal. Like that's one of our goals our standard is to work as hard as we can possibly work for the guy next to us. That's our standard. That's our stated standard. So that means we're owing 10 or 10 and 0. It is what it is. So our standard is we're going to work as hard as we can work for the guy next to us. Then step two is you teach them how to achieve the standard. And Coach Ty kind of mentioned for some kids, that's a long journey. 
to get to that point. They've never seen people in their life before. They don't know how to work. They may have never even played before. There's a lot of obstacles those kids have to overcome to reach the standard. And the third one, he said, and this is the one that most coaches don't get, is once they reach the standard, you tell them you're proud of them for reaching the standard. He said, a lot of times what we do is we move the goalpost. We set a standard of, we need you to be here. And then they get here and then we move the goalpost. Now we need you to be here. And he said, what happens is these guys search for approval their entire life. And then he was talking about dads. Then the dad passes away and you see guys just crumble because they've never got what they searched for, which was approval by a father or a father figure. So be careful, you know, as you're a coach, set the standard, hold them to the standard, teach them how to get to the standard, but make sure at the end or whenever it happens, you're telling them you're proud of them for doing that because they need that. That's yes, awesome. I'd, I'd really like that. That's, that's, you're right. We do that as coaches too, I think. We move that goalpost, right, about what the standard is. Like once we're all doing this, we better make it better now. And sometimes that's good. You talk about grades. Hey, we all need, you know, 3-0 or whatever. Now let's make it a 2-0. That's fine. Uh, but there's it's deeper than that. So, All right, we better move out of here before we tell too many stories because, I unfortunately, we have a bunch of them. I'm sure Tyrell's got some too. So um, let's get on to what not to do as a coach. So this is our little fun add-on to the end of the podcast every every week. And, and uh, I think it's pretty neat because it just opens your eyes to, like, we're going to tell you how to do things all the time and what to do. But here's the, the screw-up, the, the lessons learned what not to do. So coach, what's our lesson today? I'm sure. I hope I haven't done this before. I'm trying to make sure I'm not repeating any, but uh, today's lesson about what not to do as a coach is to be somebody else's version of you. So a lot of times as coaches, we kind of have what we think we should be or what we think or someone else thinks we should be. Maybe you're hired to be whatever it is. And sometimes we, we strive so hard to be what we wish we were or where we need to be. And that's a good thing to try to be a best good version. Sometimes we lose our strengths and our abilities. You know, uh, if you've been around me long enough, you know, I, I try to be funny with the kids and I try to enjoy our time with the kids. And uh, that's just who I am. There are other guys that are disciplinarian type coaches that are really, really successful. There are some guys that are super outgoing. And I've got some of those on my staff. Uh, they're really, really good. Some guys that are super analytical, they're really, really talented at what they do. All of those guys can be successful as a coach. So whatever category you are in, when I just described, maybe you're the analytical guy or the outgoing kind of loud guy, or maybe you're the disciplined, super organized guy, or maybe, you know, you're the guy who's really good one-on-one, -on -one, but you really don't even like being in front of a crowd. Okay. All of those types of guys can be successful. All of them can. The guy who can't be successful is the guy who's pretending to be something that he's not. So be careful in all these things. Coach Ty mentioned it. Daniel mentioned it. I think I mentioned it. It's about relationships. And you know who I don't want to have a relationship with? Somebody who's being fake. You know, and that's the same way with the kids. So whatever the best version of you is, be that version and kids will be drawn to it. They're drawn to genuine people who take an investment in their life. They're not drawn to people who are pretending to be something that they're really not. Yep, absolutely. Coach Shelley, appreciate yes, you sir. coming on. We're about to hit our close out here, but I just wanted to open awesome. the floor to you if you had anything you want to talk about, the topic or, or anything at all. 
man, I really appreciate you guys having me on. I really enjoyed my ability to come on and speak. Uh, uh, my first opportunity to come on and talk on a podcast with, with you guys. I watch in on Sundays and, and pay attention. And, uh, you know, you kind of said your mentor is, is the guy down South and my mentor is a guy up North. He's got an ugly shirt on for me right now, but Daniel Chamberlain, I really appreciate everything you've done for me, man. And, uh, coach Simpson, I really appreciate you guys having me on. Thank you. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate it. Um, coach, why don't you go ahead and uh, tell us how we can simplify football for our staff and our players? Sure. Coaching 101 podcast sponsored by Findaway Productions. Findaway Productions also sponsors fbcoachsimpson.com. If you've been listening to this at all and you want to look at some materials that are deeper than the game, there are materials over there. Uh, the Team Themes book, Findaway book, Coaching Athletes Beyond the Game. Those are things I have a passion for, and we try to produce materials to help you reach your kids. Uh, that's all over at fbcoachsimpson.com. Of course, there's 30 other books hundreds of other materials all over there. If you're wanting more scheme specific, I know we didn't hit a lot of scheme, you could go to offensivecoordinatoracademy.com or defensivecoordinatoracademy.com. Those are going to be much more specific to uh, offensive side of the ball or to the defensive side of the ball, ranging from a full academy, you get lifetime access, or you can go, I just want this one course, or I just want this one template, or I just want this one book. They're all over there at offensivecoordinatoracademy.com or defensivecoordinatoracademy.com. Awesome. I will uh, just quickly plug uh, Adaptal Physical Therapy again. Once again, if you're in Northeast Oklahoma, Northwest Arkansas, probably you Missourians can come on down if you're Southeast, uh, excuse me, Southwest Missouri. And I think Kansas might be a little far, but my wife, she's, she's very, very talented at what she does. She's traveling right now. That's why I'm solo dad and it. She's away in, in uh, Kentucky and, just getting better at what she already does. She's she's quickly moved up the ranks of her little thing that she travels and teaches other PTs. And so she's she has everyone's best interest at heart. But something she's really focused on this year was concussions. I know that that, that hits every team, it seems like, every year. Um, she is going to be the specialist in the area. Um, it, she's gotten out of the archaic ways of of lock people up in their in their bedrooms and keep them in the dark and all, all that craziness. Um it's changed. So I, I, even if you don't have a concussion, I, I hope you'll reach out to her on adaptable PT um, at adaptable PT on Twitter to shoot her a DM and ask her what concussions look like nowadays at what's that treatment. You can do that from anywhere in the United States. So shoot her, shoot her a message and ask her how, how those things are being treated now, because I want your kids, I want your players to recover as best as possible and as quick as possible. Um, and then for any other physical therapy things, she'll, she'll probably send you exercises because she's like me. She can't quit giving her time away. She just wants to help people. So, uh, and then of course, athletic speed and movement. If you want to make your kids run fast, you want the grass to be tall on an away game, go to athleticspeedmovement.com, sign up today, get 45 years of the original NFL speed coaches stuff, um, right at your fingertips and be able to put it in. You can do it in the end season. It's about 15 minutes of warm up. So instead of doing all the crazy hip stretches and and whatever you're doing nowadays, uh, you can be gaining speed while you're warming up and while you're stretching out. So go over and check that out. All right, uh, social media. Coach Shelley, if somebody wants to reach out to you about Stillwell football or being a firefighter or paramedic or an EMT or all the other things you've done in your life, maybe your farm, Four Alarm, right? Is that what it's called, Four Alarm? Yeah, Farm Cattle Company. That's there you go. Right. Where, where can they reach out to you on social media to uh, to get some information? Man, I'm Ty Shelley on Facebook. It's probably the easiest. You can DM me on there. Uh, we really we had a 
we had a farm page for a little while. We kind of slowed off there whenever I started coaching football and doing everything else on the planet and kids going all different directions. So you can reach me there. I'm uh, T Shelley at steelwellk12.org if they need to send me anything there and get hold of me on email. Official. Official this okay. year. Like, man, thanks Loving a lot. It. <laughs> Loving it. Uh, Coach Simpson, where can we find you at, sir? Uh, all things FB Coach Simpson. So FB Coach Simpson is my Twitter handle. Uh, you can email me, fbcoachsimpson at gmail.com. You can go to fbcoachsimpson.com. A lot of a lot of Coach Simpson things, or just look me up on Facebook or any of those groups. Um, Daniel, I'm about to get my hair cut. As I've gotten older, I've recognized the only hair that's getting cut is on the sides. And so <laughs> I'm, I'm watching myself on the screen going, I think I need a haircut. And not on the top. On the top <laughs> I don't, just on the side. Funny, funny story. We uh, we had a guy that I deployed with um, at least once, I think twice. I think we went to Afghanistan and Kuwait together. And he's my boss in Kuwait. And he always did the comb over, like, the thing that my grandpa's been doing for, well, since I've been born. So he's, you know, for a long time, but he felt he was bald this weekend. I was like, man, it's, you, you look great. It's Good a for time. You. I'm very proud of you. You finally took the plunge and he does. It looks, it looks great. So, um, you know, don't be afraid coach. You know, men look good. You got to grow a little more facial hair, I think, to offset it. But that's the problem. I'm stuck there too. I guess you have like hair on the side and then hair on my back. That's about it. Probably. There you go. There you go. Transplants. That's great. Uh, if you want to reach out to me, I'm on uh, Twitter at Coach Chambo. Okay. You can also email me at chamberlainfootballconsulting at gmail.com. Um, you could probably, if you're watching on Facebook, you want to know anything, shoot me a DM on there. I don't, I don't check it very much. It's not my gig. It's really just for me to start sharing football stuff. So, um yeah coach shelley appreciate you man thanks so much thank you guys appreciate uh, it we want to thank you for being a listener of the coaching 101 podcast we hope you'll join us next week as we continue to make the complex more simple please consider subscribing to the show so you always know when the new episodes are out we'll leave you with this it's hard to beat someone who never gives up no matter the situation find a way <laughs>